الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أكمل المؤمنين إيمانا أحسنهم خلقا وخياركم خياركم لنسائهم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected of my kiram, brothers and elders. This dunya is a very, very temporary place. Nobody has come and remained here and nobody will remain. Whoever has come, they have come to go. Numerous people have gone before us. One day we will be gone and those who will come after us too will someday go. Let alone everybody else and anybody else, the most beloved of Allah wa ta'ala, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah ta'ala addresses him in the Quran Sharif and says, إِنَّكَ مَيِّتُ وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عِنَّ رَبِّكُمْ تَخْتَصِمُونَ O Nabi of Allah, you too will one day leave this world. And those who are opposing you, they too will leave the world one day. Neither will you remain in this world forever, nor will they remain in this world forever. Then, whatever the issues are will get settled on the day of Qiyamah. So this life is a very, very short life, a very temporary life, and it is a life in which we have been given the opportunity to make our eternal life of the hereafter. A person lives in this dunya for a very, very short time. Somebody 50 years, somebody 20 years, somebody 30 years, somebody 70, 80. That is something also a very, very small fraction of people reach that age. And beyond that, 90 and 100, a very, very small number go to that. The rest... The Nabi, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, أَعْمَارُ أُمَّتِي مَا بَيْنَ سِتِّينَ وَسَبْعِينَ كَمَا قَالِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, That the average age of my Ummah, between 60 and 70. Many would be gone long before, few might remain after. So in this short life that we have, in this very, very temporary abode that we are in in dunya, we have to make our everlasting life of the hereafter. What we plant here, is what we will reap there. What we sow here is what we will benefit from or we will have to face on the day of Qiyamah. Person plants roses, then he will smell the fragrance of the roses. And a person plants weeds, he'll get scratched by the thorns. So this is a planting field. Ad-dunya mazra'atul akhirah. Nabi Wasallam says, dunya is the planting field of the hereafter. In this planting field, we have to plant all that will benefit us in the akhirat. And Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy is such that when a person plants in this dunya what will benefit him in the akhirat, then the benefit of that will also start reaching him in dunya as well. But it is not necessary that he would be able to 
link it directly. Always it will be so dramatically discernible and identifiable that this good action brought about that good result and that amal that a person did that brought about that benefit in terms of dunya. It won't always be identified in that way. But that is a promise of Allah Ta'ala. وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْسَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا Allah Ta'ala says, whoever does righteous actions, whether male or female, but on the foundation of Iman. The foundation of Iman is what this building will be built on. Iman is missing, a person can do anything, then he's building on water. He's building on air. It can't exist, it can't survive. It'll come crashing down upon him. In other words, at the latest, by the time he leaves his dunya, if there was some benefit, he got it, it'll all come crashing upon him. There will be nothing in the akhirat for him. If he wants it in the akhirat, he'll have to build on the foundation of iman. Without the foundation of iman, there won't be anything, any benefit in the hereafter. It'll be perpetual doom. This is something we should have our minds and hearts very clear about. There are many, many things that are being put out there which become a source of confusion for many people and sometimes affects a person's iman where a person starts entertaining all kinds of ideologies because nowadays everything is available at the press of a button and everybody wants to find anything. They say, why you need to go to anywhere else? Mufti Google is available all the time. Whenever you want, just keep going to Google. That's enough for you. So you don't have to ask anybody anything. You just do as you wish. You just read what you want. And just keep taking whatever meaning appeases you and go along. So one person came up and said, but doesn't this make sense that all the rivers lead to the ocean? So all the rivers lead to the ocean, so what? He says, well, same way, all religions lead to the same source. So what does that mean then? He says, well, it doesn't matter which Nauzubillah religion a person follows. It all reaches the same source, so it's fine. Somebody is something, somebody is something else. All rivers lead to the ocean. Now all rivers do lead to the ocean, but that doesn't mean if the rivers lead to the ocean, every religion will lead to Jannat. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Inna deena indallahi al-Islam. That the only deen acceptable to Allah Ta'ala is Islam. And Allah Ta'ala, in order to emphasize the point, Allah Ta'ala addresses Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with something that was impossible with regards to something that he could ever have done. Something that was impossible for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala addresses him merely to emphasize the point. لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَتَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ That you are the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, but even if you which was an impossibility, it would never have happened. But merely to emphasize the point, Allah Ta'ala says, that if you too had to commit shirk, amaluk, all your amal and your actions would be totally nullified. Even you would become among the losers. Whereas this was an impossibility that Nabi Islam would have ever come anywhere close to even a minor sin. Nabi Islam is masoom, sinless. All the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam are masoom and sinless. But the address in many many ayat 
are to Rasulullah sallam as a form of emphasis for the ummah. That if my Nabi sallam is being addressed in this manner, where do you stand? That if somebody else had to commit shirk, can he ever think of any survival? Impossible. Allah Ta'ala makes this very clear in the Quran Sharif. That look, without the foundation of Iman, nothing is acceptable. And if a person left this world without Iman, then he is doomed to eternal destruction. With all these ideologies that are now flooding the world out there, many a person gets confused in these fundamental things. If a person has shirked in his amal, it's a serious matter. Somebody missed his salah, it's a very serious matter. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, the person misses one salah. It is It's like all his wealth and all his family, all have been destroyed. So serious. One go, all destroyed. This is the harm of missing one salah. So serious. A person committed some sin. Allah forbid it was a major sin. It's a very serious thing. Somebody committed a rebirth. Generally, when, our, when we talk about major sins, our minds go immediately to certain particular things, which are sins, which are major sins. Somebody committed zina, very serious. Terrible sin. Somebody stole, terrible sin. But then doesn't go towards ghibat also. Simultaneously, our mind just blocks out certain things. That, well, this, maybe this is some other ruling that applies to it. Whereas the kind of ruling that applies to stealing and the kind of ruling that applies to zina, a more severe ruling applies to ghibat. So now, Allah forbid a person committed such a major crime. This too is a very serious thing. But if he left with Iman, he will still one day get to Jannat. If he left this dunya with Iman, then inshallah, and this is the promise of Allah Ta'ala, that the person who has left this dunya with Iman, then his final abode will be Jannat. But on the other hand, a person can have been doing all the kind of good things that humans do. He could have been very, very charitable, very, very helpful to people, doing a lot of humanitarian work. He could have been a person who has done a lot for his country, a lot for society, a lot of things. But he left this dunya with iman, we must have no two views about it. That a person who has left this dunya without iman, that person is doomed to eternal destruction. So a person who left without amal, he's done a serious thing. But there's still a chance for him. He'll still get to Jannat. But not without Iman. This is where we have to be very cautious that all these kind of views which sometimes that shake the foundation of Iman. Now like this particular view this person came up with that all the rivers lead to the ocean. So everything is fine. Now these are just examples just taken out of context and in order to make something that is totally Null and void, something that is baseless, just sound palatable, sound like something that makes sense. Whereas these are two separately, totally different things. If the rivers lead to the ocean, does that mean every religion leads to Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala has already declared what leads to Him. Inna deena inda Allah al-Islam. Allah Ta'ala says, anybody seeks any religion besides Islam, 
he seeks anything else as a religion besides Islam, فَلَيْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْ It will never be accepted from him. And in the hereafter, he will be in total destruction. So in any case, we have to now, this dunya as we were discussing, is the planting field of the hereafter. And the first thing we have to plant is Iman. In this depth of this heart. This Iman is the first thing that we have to plant. And together with this Iman, on the foundation of this Iman, we have to build the Amal. And to the extent that the person will build this Iman and Amal, to that extent he will be building his Akhirat. The Hadith Sharif, it comes, a person decides once, Subhanallah, he's planted a tree for himself in Jannat. Such a tree that if a fast, a person riding a fast horse has to ride under the shade of the tree for a hundred years, he won't pass the shade of the tree. Now this is an amal. One amal, one subhanallah, he is making his akhirat. He is making his jannat. One alhamdulillah, he is making his jannat. One Allahu Akbar, he is beautifying and adorning his jannat. Now a person sitting after fajr, after asr, or after any of the other salah, and is reciting tasbih. This is something that has been taught to us in the Hadith Sharif. Nowadays we are perpetually so much in a rush and so much occupied with everything that after the Salah, barely the Imam has made Salam, but we perhaps want to maybe make Amal on the labor law, last in. If we came last, we have to go first out also. So last in, first out. Otherwise the labor law will be affected. But in Allah's law, that's not the, how it works. Allah wants us to remain more in his house. And therefore, it comes in the Hadith Sharif, that when a person has, after his Salah, he remains sitting in the place of his Salah. And he continues remembering Allah wa ta'ala. Then until he has not broken his wudu, the Malaika keep making dua for him. Allahumma khfillahu, Allahumma rahamuhu. Ya Allah, forgive him. Ya Allah, you have mercy upon him. Can we imagine the dua of the malaika. But here the salam has taken place. Sometimes maybe the imam didn't finish the second salam yet properly. And we are already on the move. Because we are in such a hurry. And that at least taking the duas of the malaika at least a few times so. We don't give the angels that opportunity to make dua for us. Before they can even start making the dua we are already gone. So now when a person is reciting this tasbihat after the salah, after asar salah, after fajr salah, and even after the other salahs also, tasbih fatimi, if not the whole 33 times each, at least 10 times each. This too is worth more than whatever a person can spend in charity. All the amount of wealth that somebody can spend in charity, what he will earn in terms of reward. Reciting this tasbih 10 times after every salah, subhanallah 10 times, alhamdulillah 10 times, Allahu Akbar 10 times, the reward is beyond that. So now a person sitting, he has, mashallah, understands these great virtues, he wants to reap these rewards, he does not want to deprive himself, so he's sitting and reciting, but at that time, does it come to our mind, do we feel that? With the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, I'm planting trees in Jannat, I'm adorning my Jannat. So now, this is the aspect that we have to plant this Iman, we have to plant this Amal and have this Yaqeen, this conviction, that every time a person is doing something good, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. It's not our achievement. It's purely Allah Ta'ala's gift, Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq. He's granting the person the ability. So every time he does something for, the, for any good, 
this is Allah Ta'ala's grace on him. Any case, this is a means of building this akhirat. So one is iman and amal. Amal is a very, very broad concept. It includes all our ibadat. Amal also includes our mu'amalat, our dealings. How we deal with one another. Is it in the way that Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala has commanded, the way Rasulullah has taught? Or is it in a way that doesn't take into any consideration that whether it's halal or haram, whether it is now trampling somebody's rights, whether it is hurting somebody or not, usurping somebody's property, whatever it might be. So is this now the way that we deal? Then obviously then we are destroying akhirat. So that amal that has to be planted besides the ibadat is mu'amalat as well. Then mu'asharat, our social life, how we deal with people, how we deal with one another in terms of our social life, our living, whether it's within our home, how we deal with our parents, how we respect them, how we make their khidmat, how we regard making their khidmat as our doorway to jannat, or do we make it the doorway na'uzubillah to jahannam due to our disrespect, due to our incorrect conduct. That's our choice. Nabi Islam said to one person that your father is the door of Jannat for you. Either you look after it or break it. Meaning you look after it, you can open it into Jannat. You break it, then you close the door to yourself. So, the aspect of Mu'asharat, and in this Mu'asharat includes all the interactions with people. Whether it's at home, whether it's outside the home. Whether it's with the person's parents, whether it's children, whether it's the extended family, whether it's between spouses, whether it's between neighbors, how we conduct ourselves as insan. And then not just as insan, to be conducting ourselves as musalman. We have to conduct ourselves not just as insan, but that insan who is musalman, who has iman and Islam in his heart, in his life. He has a heart that is filled with well-being for everybody, with well-wishing for everybody. He is somebody who will undertake some difficulty upon himself for the next person's comfort. He will be somebody who will be taking some kind of extra sacrifice in order to now share something with the next person. There are so many incidents in the annals of the history of our Akabirin and the Aslav that it is really mind-boggling that what kind of hearts they had. How they could undergo so much of sacrifice just in order to take care of the next person. There were two very great personalities among the Tabi'een. One was Ibrahim Nakha'i Rahimahullah. Very great faqih, jurist, and a very great personality. And his narrations of hadith are filled in the books of hadith. And in the same time and era, there lived another very great Tabi'i, also a very great scholar of his time, Ibrahim Taymi Rahmatullahi. These are two giants of the time. Among the Tabi'in, people of very high ranking. That was a time when Hajjaj bin Yusuf was now the ruler and the governor, and his incidents are well known what kind of uh, zulm and oppression he perpetrated, how many great 
scholars of deen, he made shaheed. How many he put them into such kind of difficulties that can't be imagined. As a result, many used to sometimes stay in hiding because of this person's oppression and zulm. Among those people who he was trying to get his hands on was also Ibrahim Nakhi rahimahullah. Ibrahim Nakhi rahimahullah was a giant of his time. And one of the reasons was that the wrongs of Hajjad, these people would now express their that this is wrong. So people would now take that message. So Hajjad wasn't happy about it. So in any case, Ibrahim Nakhay rahimahullah was also in hiding. One day somebody went and gave some message that he is in a certain house. They went and gave some kind of message to Hajjaj or his people that Ibrahim Nakhai rahimahullah he is in a certain house. So the next thing the soldiers or the police whoever it was they surrounded that house and they came inside. When they came in the person who actually was there was Ibrahim Taymi rahmatullah. Now when they burst in asked who is Ibrahim here. Ibrahim Taymi Rahmatullah was also well aware who they were looking for. He knew that they were looking for Ibrahim Nakhir Rahimullah. Now they just burst in and they asked who is Ibrahim in this house. So he immediately said I am the person they call Ibrahim. My name is Ibrahim. So as soon as he said I am Ibrahim they immediately arrested him and they took him away. And they came to Hajjad, this is the person you are looking for, Ibrahim is him. They must take him and you have to do whatever you do with him. They brought him into a prison where there was no roof. So in the heat, the sun would hit him directly, there was no roof. And it was open prison. So in the severe cold, there was no protection from the cold also. Now in this open prison, and then to make it worse, two prisoners were chained together. All the time, perpetually. Two prisoners chained together. Can we imagine the situation now? Person has to sleep, he has to do so many things in life. Though he's in prison, but now two people are chained together. They have to live their lives like this. And in this prison, he became so, he lost so much of weight and became so sick that one day his mother came to visit him in prison. She didn't recognize him. She couldn't recognize who this is until she was made to, it was brought to her attention that definitely he is your son. Now in all this time, time and again, somebody or the other would come, they would ask him, but you knew for sure, you were not the person who they were looking for. And even now, if you still make it known that you are the wrong person, they got the wrong person, maybe they'll release you. Why did you not at that time make it known that, look, I am not the person you are looking for, my name is Ibrahim, but I am Ibrahim Taimi. I'm not Ibrahim Nakhai. He said, yes, I also knew that. I also knew that they're not looking for me. They're looking for him. But he's a person of such a caliber that I couldn't, it wasn't in my heart that he be arrested and I be sitting. Rather, I be arrested and he be serving the needs of the people and he be the one that people are still benefiting from. Whereas he himself was a great scholar as well. He was also somebody who was of a similar caliber. But that was his heart. That well, if my brother can be free and I can take that pain on myself, why not? Now this lesson. The lesson, one is the specific incident. But the lesson. The lesson that even if I have to make some kind of sacrifice, 
take some pain on myself, but give comfort to others. Now how far is our situation, where we are not prepared to take any sacrifice, let alone take any sacrifice, we are all the time deliberately giving others pain, for no reason. And if not all the time, every now and again. With our speech, and nowadays speech is not confined to words in, that come through the tongue, Speech is through the hands, half the time, or more, more, than, more often than not now, the speech is through the fingers. People are talking, say, no, I spoke to somebody, uh, and you just spoke to him on the phone. Say, no, no, I spoke to him through the chat. So now everybody's speaking now, but they're speaking with the fingers. So now that, that speaking with the fingers is causing havoc in society. Because now that is worse than the word that was coming through the tongue. In the sense that that negative word that came out from the tongue, that eventually got distilled in the end. Well, there was no record of it. So the angels recorded it, obviously. But Insan had no record of it. But now it's all on record for posterity now. Now this person will have that record, then everything will finally sizzle out. Finally, somehow, inshallah, when somebody is uh, giving some tarheeb and encouraging everybody to please forget the issue, they'll forget about it. But the record is still there. And everybody keeps all those records. Now after oh, one month, after one year, again the person will find it. So again he'll start. So this is shaitan's way of now keeping things alive. And then after some time will pass, maybe some ten years will pass, one day again the person will take it out and show his children or show his grandchildren. You see your uncle, what he did? What your grandfather did or somebody did? Now that's, that's this. All these messages that we keep sending out all through the social media and whatever else, anything and everything, any negative comment we want to make about anybody, previously that negative comment, that too was serious enough, that too is ghibat, and serious enough and worse than zina, that it was made privately between two people in conversation now it's written for the whole world to see it's on social media of everybody, a person has some negative comment about someone, it goes on, the, on his group so now in one press of a button, he makes ghibat ten times, komuts bohtan, maybe hundred times, ghibat thousand times. But now all that record is still there afterwards. After one month, one year, ten years. This is, these are the kind of words the person used. And this is the kind of harassment he gave. And this is the kind of uh, pain he gave. Or she gave. Or whatever the situation might be. So now all this talking. Now this... Incident teaches us that what kind of hearts these people had. They were ready to take not just some kind of emotional pain. Every kind of pain. Emotional pain, physical pain, giving their lives. This person, Ibrahim Taymi, Rahmatullah, finally passed away in that prison. He finally passed away in that prison. His janaza was taken out of the prison. Why? To give comfort to his Muslim brother. To give peace to his Muslim brother. And now, what is the condition? That if there is nothing also, we will find something to give pain to somebody. Because perhaps that gives us some joy. Because everything is peaceful and there is no entertainment in that. We are so after entertainment, that if there is no other kind of entertainment, we must see some kind of drama happening between people. So therefore, something must be said somewhere, something must be done somewhere, so that two people now will be arguing, there will be some fighting happening. And that will give us some live entertainment. Allah Ta'ala save us and Allah Ta'ala protect us 
that where is the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu about akhlaq and where have we fallen? So together with this masharat, we have just like we have to plant our ibadat for this akhirat. We have to plant masharat, muamalat. We have to plant the correct masharat also. We have to plant the correct akhlaq. The correct akhlaq. And this is something which has been emphasized so much and so much in the ahadith of Rasulullah wasallam that perhaps anything else has been emphasized to this extent or very few things to this extent in terms of amal. There is one hadith sharif of Rasulullah wasallam gives us the clear picture of how great this, this akhlaq is that when Nabi wasallam says that the thing that is heaviest in the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah is nothing more heavier on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah than good akhlaq. Good akhlaq. Nothing heavier on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah than good akhlaq. This is something to inscribe on our hearts. Something to make one big post of and put it on a most prominent place in our homes where we will see it a dozen times daily. At least a dozen times daily. Something to put in our workplace. Something to put in our cars while driving. And something somehow maybe if we could have it in front of our eyes all the time. Not something practical to do. But if that was possible then that too would be something to do. That way this keeps flashing in front of us. And maybe every time that we want to write something on that phone maybe somehow if this could flash first. Every time we want to send off some message, if this could first come as a default message, that you sure you want to send this, is this in keeping with akhlaq? Or you want to delete it rather? On the day of Qiyamah, which side of the scale will this go? Will go in the side of akhlaq or in the side of bad character? And the bad character and the bad akhlaq, this is such a dangerous thing, like bad muasharat, bad akhlaq, this is not just something bad in itself, but the one is something that is harmful. So it's a harmful substance. But some substances are harmful in such a way that they destroy other substances, like acid. Acid is harmful in itself, but such a thing it will eat up whatever it falls on. If that acid falls on somebody, it might just burn through his whole limb. If there's a big quantity of acid falls on somebody's leg, he might have no leg left. So, this bad akhlaq is like that acid. That one harmful and terrible word a person uttered, which broke somebody's heart, he's now destroyed so much of his amal. On the day of Qiyamah, that person will come take the amal away. That person will take that salah away, take the tilawat away, take that fasting away, take the thousands and millions in charity away, take that umrah and hajj, etc. away. Because of this poor akhlaq. So, mashallah, on the one side, that enthusiasm to improve in our amal in terms of ibadat, that keeps growing. Mashallah, the month of Ramadan came and went. So, that boosted us. So, many a person now is more conscious about his ibadat. He wants to perform salah more regularly. Alhamdulillah. Summa alhamdulillah. And this is something to make even more effort in. And likewise, all the other amal. But, very often, this is something given very little attention. 
And that too, if some attention is given to it. Whereas we can see the importance of it. How important this is. And unfortunately, this is a very common complaint. Across the board. It's almost like, almost every day, there's a complaint of this nature. That is why often when these discussions come, this is something that just comes up as a topic without having planned it. Because it's something or the other almost every day, and not almost every day, maybe you can say more than several times a day, very often. So this becomes a reminder for myself to reflect that what is our akhlaq all about. And this is a lesson that we all need. We all have to keep reflecting within ourselves that where are we heading? This life as we started off is a very temporary place. This little bit of discomfort sometimes. Somebody now did something, said something which we feel uncomfortable about. But that is the, that is the place of akhlaq. The great rewards of forgiving and overlooking. So where will that come? If nobody, if there wasn't any issue at all, and we say, no, I got the rewards of overlooking. Overlooked what? I got the reward of sabr. But there was not, nothing, nothing to make sabr over. So what rewards of sabr we got? The rewards of sabr are when a person is tested. When his patience is tested. When something happened and he overlooked it. Though he felt upset about it. Obviously within the limits of deen. He overlooked something that could have that irritated him in some way. Now that is where he's going to get that reward of overlooking. That reward of forgiveness. And all this is going to be among the heaviest things on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamat. And all those good things he did to bring happiness to the heart of somebody. Among the greatest ibadats after the faraid, After the compulsory aspects, among the greatest ibadats is bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. This is among the greatest ibadats after the faraiz. Now, just to take an analysis of our day, that when we walk into the home, for example, do we already walk in the home with this mindset, I'm going to bring happiness to the people of the house? By making salam to them cheerfully, by saying something that will make everybody feel nice, Oh, I'm going to walk in the house saying, please stay out of my way, I had a bad day today. If I had a bad day in the business, I had a bad, a bad day at work, if my employer did something that now made my life miserable at work, so now everybody must feel that misery as well. That misery till I don't share it, but in shade how? That now share is if a person has maybe one slice, they give somebody else half slice. Somehow when we start sharing our misery, we had one slice only, but somehow we managed to dish out more than one loaf to everybody else. How that one loaf comes out, Allah knows. They say, no, we're going to share that misery to make it light for ourselves. We only got one slice of misery, but we're sharing a whole loaf with others. So this is the akhlaq. This is idkhalus sururi fi qalbil mu'min. Is this bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min? And to people who had nothing to do with it. What wrong did they do if somebody else did some harm to us in the workplace? Or we had a bad day in our business. Or we had some problem with some supplier. Or whatever else might have went wrong with us in our work. What is the fault of somebody at home for that? But now everybody must feel the pain of it. Now where is that? And where is the akhlaq that Rasulullah taught? Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. 
So this is what we have to reflect on. These are the lessons that Rasulullah has taught us. This is what is in the Quran Sharif itself. And Allah Ta'ala highlights this about Rasulullah Sallallahu in that ayat of the Quran Sharif that we recited right at the beginning. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ That you are on the peak of good character. Allah Ta'ala highlights this. That this was a remarkable thing of Rasulullah Sallallahu that Allah Ta'ala says to him, you are on the peak of good character. Then in so many ayat, this good character is then expanded on. Time has already elapsed. But inshallah Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq on some occasion. But there are so many ayat where the details of this good character are highlighted. وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ Allah Ta'ala says it's Allah Ta'ala's rahmat that you are very soft-natured with the Sahaba, with everybody. The soft-naturedness is a sign of rahmat that a person has a soft nature with people around him. That he can be smiling at them, he can be saying things to comfort them, he can be overlooking things, he can be digesting things. It's a sign that he is receiving rahmat. وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ Allah Ta'ala says, had you been harsh in your words? As we said, words, whether it's spoken with the tongue now, or whether it's spoken with the fingers. وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا Had you been harsh in your words? غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ And hard-hearted. لَنْفَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ Everybody would have disappeared from around you. What is the message? Nabi Sallallahu is being told that because of your good nature, because you are very soft in your speech, you are most comforting in the way you conduct yourself, you are soft-hearted, you have all this beautiful akhlaq, as a result you are becoming an attraction for everyone towards the deen of Allah Ta'ala. So likewise, within that home, a person needs to keep everything going well, he has to adopt the same akhlaq. Within that family, that extended family, he has to adopt the same akhlaq. Within his work, he has to adopt the same akhlaq. Until he doesn't make his business also deen, he won't be able to adopt the akhlaq. Until and unless he makes his business deen, he won't be able to adopt the good akhlaq. Then he'll only be akhlaq where that akhlaq will bring profits. But if that akhlaq don't seem to be bringing profits there, there'll be something else. There'll be the opposite. But if he has made that business also deen, that this business also must become a means of dawah, then he'll adopt akhlaq throughout in whatever the situation is. He'll maintain system, he'll maintain discipline, he'll maintain whatever the, what has to be done, the way it has to be done, but he'll maintain it with akhlaq. And if he has to come to a point where he has to part ways with somebody, he'll part ways with akhlaq also. But there won't be any vulgarity coming on his tongue. There won't be any zulm and oppression. So this is that lesson of akhlaq that a person, that we, all of us, first and foremost myself, we have to reflect on, learn the akhlaq that Rasulullah taught, what he possessed and what he taught, and make an effort to implement that in our lives. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us the tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين الميك ذكر for a few minutes and make dua in the hadith sharif that the person who recites la ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of qiyamah 
what this means is inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous amal and this will become a means of saving him from sin this will gain him this great honor on the day of qiyamah then saying la ilaha to bring to mind that all the ghayrullah everything that is a barrier between us and Allah Ta'ala all this has been taken and thrown out of our hearts and illallah this is a nur that is settling in our hearts which is the love of Allah Ta'ala beside the Rushadi La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah, 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 la ilaha illallah 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 muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam dil mera ho jaye ek maidan ho tu hi tu ho tu hi tu ho tu hi tu غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر 
تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آبو گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس دادم آخر مردے زبائیں میرے انہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلانہ عم نوانہ
صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا ان نسينا واخطانا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقه لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها الا انت اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving allah ilahu alamin ya allah indeed we are your most sinful servants ya allah we acknowledge all the wrongs we have done ya allah there is nothing that we can hide from you ya allah ilahu alamin we are begging for your forgiveness ya allah ya allah forgive us ya allah forgive us ya allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya allah forgive our families ya allah forgive our friends and relatives ya allah forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahu alamin remove the pain and suffering of the ummah ya allah ilahu alamin remove the hardships from the ummah ya allah remove the oppression from the ummah ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah grant afiyat to one and all ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah those who are without food give them food to eat ya allah those who are without shelters give them shelters to live in ya allah those who are without clothing give them clothing to ya allah ilahu alamin grant afiyat to one and all ya allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya allah grant halal and tayyib rizq to all of us ya allah ilahu alamin save us from every drop and every grain of haram ya allah ilahu alamin bless us with the beautiful akhlaq of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahu alamin ya allah save us from poor akhlaq ya allah save us from evil character ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah grant us to the tawfiq of living the muasharat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahu alamin make our muamalat and dealings like that which he taught ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah save us from all that which displeases you ya allah grant us the tawfiq of doing all that which pleases you ya allah enable us to perform our five times salah with jamaah ya allah grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya allah ilahu alamin enable us to fulfill all the obligations of deen ya allah grant us ya allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya allah fill our hearts with the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
Full of hearts with the love of his Mubarak Sunnat, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of living his Mubarak Sunnat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Keep our hearts steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Save our hearts from all the isms, Ya Allah. Save our hearts from all the wrong ideologies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, keep us steadfast on deen and iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us shifa from all our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Give us shifa from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those are, Ya Allah, in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Those are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from ever going to places of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from all kinds of disobedience, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forever keep us in your obedience, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Allah, you grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Allah, you don't know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, we are so weak, Ya Allah. We are so feeble, Ya Allah. Our amals are so feeble, Ya Allah. Our akhlaq is so putrid, Ya Allah. Our amal are so weak and broken, Ya Allah. Our intentions are so filled with corruption, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, it's only your grace and mercy that can save us, Ya Allah. It is only your rahmat that will shower down upon us, Ya Allah. And make us good people, Ya Allah. That will make us true Muslims, Ya Allah. That will make us good ummatis of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And make us loyal ummatis of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You make us your true servants, Ya Allah. Make us your loyal and obedient slaves, Ya Allah. Make us the true ummatis of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, you change our weakness to strength, Ya Allah. You change our insincerity to sincerity, Ya Allah. You change our bad akhlaq to good akhlaq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You change our heedlessness to zikr, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you change us from, Ya Allah, from following our desires, Ya Allah, to following your commands, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, change our condition from, Ya Allah, from becoming the slaves of nafs and shaitan to becoming your slaves, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Forever keep us under the shade of your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us from becoming under the, Ya Allah, under your azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we cannot bear the azab, Ya Allah. We cannot bear the heat of the sun, Ya Allah. We are going to be able to bear the fire of Jahannam, Ya Allah. Allah, you save us from the fire of Jahannam, Ya Allah. Save us from the azab of the qabr, Ya Allah. Save us from the azab of dunya, Ya Allah. Save us from the disgrace of dunya, Ya Allah. Save us from the disgrace of qabr and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, keep us with afiyat, Ya Allah. Keep us with afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Keep us with afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Keep us with afiyat in our families, Ya Allah. Keep us with afiyat in every aspect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for, Ya Allah, you grant us as well, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us also, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adhaka منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم
وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين